Welcome to Cobb, Conversations on the Business of Brands with Sudeep Chavla and Sharvan Raghavan. So Sharan, in one of our previous podcasts, we spoke about most of the bigger businesses, global brands, etc. They were also startup once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then we outlined some uh, six or seven stages through which a business goes through, you know, on their track to becoming possibly a global brand or a multi-billion dollar brand. I remember there was the, the long chew. An important bit there was all about, you know, most of the brands we start as D2C. Uh, possibly get to some amount of revenue online and then all of them feel the need to go offline right and, and longchu was about building the brand building the distribution putting basics basics in place which can be leveraged later i just thought it'll be a good idea if we could dive a bit deeper onto that specific aspect uncover how to build retail distribution hmm. and this might be interesting for a lot of founders who want to make that transition from online to offline and are possibly either thinking about it or are in initial stages of it. Right. That's that's actually a good point to start off, Sudeep, because I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who almost are frightened of doing GT distribution. Hmm. And D2C, in my opinion, was always going to meet its end of the road very fast. And that's what's largely happening now because you're not making money online you are not, your margins aren't great. And after a point, you're also not able to scale. So it is important that brand owners figure a way to scale. And if it's an FMCG brand, you pretty much have to go to GT. That becomes a bit of a mind block. And I am meeting a lot of founders who are in panic mode and just frightened of doing GT distribution. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. Because one, they thought being a D2C brand would circumvent the need for GT distribution. But that's what's come around. It's kind of puts a bit of spanner in their works. And it just looks so big for them. Saying, I'm going to compete with all the big brands. And how am I going to do it? Why will, I, why will anybody keep your product? So let's talk today about how you can get started on GT distribution. How do you take the first step on building a distribution for your brand? Mm, excellent. I think that's a very useful one mm. to get people started. I'm sure once you once you get them started with the right fundamentals, then they can all discover their route as they stumble across the finish line. D2C was possibly thought as an antithesis to building distribution, serving mm. consumers directly, etc., etc. And more and more businesses are realizing in India that there are no online or offline consumers. There are uh, omni-channel consumers. Consumers. Yeah. There are consumers who buy from anywhere. And uh, and online still has some way to go in terms of absolute penetration as well as purchase penetration. Right. And hence, uh, D2C serves you well till you reach a certain stage. I've also heard of businesses, Sharon, that have been able to, with consistent work, proper marketing fundamentals, they've been able to unlock uh, Amazon and Flipkart flywheels such right. that they've started making money. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. They've started becoming generic to their category, etc. 
so it is possible that you can make money uh, but you will remain uh, limited to a certain amount of consumers and hence uh, regardless of whether you are struggling or not if you are struggling uh, then obviously you know looking at other channels makes sense if you are not struggling very good for you uh, but you have to prepare for the future where you know if you have ambitions to make your brand big you will have to you know go to channels where your consumers frequent right and which includes therefore like sharan said gt gt's general trade or it is also termed as traditional trade tt uh, you might hear these terms during the discussion today uh, apart from that there is uh, something called modern trade uh, which at least in look and feel of it is modern uh, some formats of it don't act as modern as they would like to like themselves to be uh right so therefore there is online there is gt and then there is mt hmm. yeah okay so over to you sharan how do you get started on gt the whole question is how do i get available where do i become available so when you start you just start very very locally either where you live or where you have your depot or your factory pick just start there it doesn't matter where you start just start and hmm. how do you start just go walk up to i mean the entire piece of this is going to sound ridiculously simple but that's how simple it is to get started so just walk up to a few retailers walk up to a retail store and ask them if you can showcase your product on their shelves and obviously there will be resistance and you tell them you giving them 100% of the sale value and uh, that would come as a shocker when you walk up to a retail store and say i want to keep my product on a shelf and whatever sells you keep all the money i just want to see my product sell from a shelf now why are you doing that because you are now testing your product's viability in this channel you're testing if the product can sell from the store and you are leveraging the store's real estate and the traffic of shoppers to that store for your benefit and in this phase is absolutely fine to give them all the money because you can treat it as samples but the customer should not get it for free you want to see them paying for it so put it in the store and see it sell see how it is selling now yes the first store you walk into may not allow you but if you go to 10 stores there's it's very unlikely even one will not allow you so even if you have a 10% hit rate you're still fine start at that store just put mm. your stock there and give the retailer all the money that comes from the sale just put it there and watch it sell hmm interesting so this might sound ridiculously simple let me try and make it a little more complicated so that people think that it is coming from a profound place yeah sure. apart from uh, what you said sharan that any store which is close to where you stay or where your depot or your factory is hmm. uh, one more criteria that i'll possibly add to is uh, wherever you think you have a good chance of success with consumers right i remember in one of these uh, sessions that i was taking uh, on growth school hmm. uh, there was a student who had uh, who who had a business of making uh, some kind of sweet and when i asked him to describe the sweet to me hmm. they said that it is quite like mysore no they were making candies which were quite like mysore pak 
yeah so he had this business so now he okay. said that i want to create distribution how do i go about doing it so while i was rallying with him hmm. came to my head that now if you if you have a sweet which tastes like mysore pak you would ideally want to test it with consumers who like sweet mysore pak right this could might this might not replace mysore pak but this will be an additional frequency for them right they will not eat mysore pak because of health reasons or the kind of uh, fat that it has or sugar that it has they might substitute it with a toffee or they might find a different occasion a gifting occasion or uh, after dinner occasion etc etc hmm. so therefore while rallying we realized that okay wherever there is good sale of mysore pak in that vicinity try and make this product available right so that was one small bit the second bit is that for all the d2c founders who have had some kind of success online you would possibly have realized that when you go to uh, you know a retailer when you are a completely unknown brand you will find significant resistance absolutely and while the resistance can be lowered by offering them 100% of the sale but the uh, you know the money flows only when the consumer picks it up yes yeah and hence uh, regardless of what you do make sure that there is some amount of pull or you aid some com- some amount of pull in the market right yeah if you are purely surviving on retailers efforts to create the sale uh, that is not going to be sustainable in the long run if you have ambitions to be available across 3 lakhs 4 lakh 5 lakh stores so i will just add two bits to possibly sharan what you said absolutely i think those are very valid points in fact the second part takes me to the next point hmm. uh, but sticking to the first one saying put it in a store where you have the best chance of selling it's you can't sell a toothpaste from a stationery store hmm so i mean it's about being aware i mean you it's not like you can't sell from a stationery store but that that's not the best place your toothpaste is going to sell from hmm either a pharmacy or a grocery store or the, or a large kirana store depending on your sq what size you're selling at what price you're selling at you have to determine which kind of a retail environment is best suited for your product to sell that much you must discern and place your products in a store where it has the best chance of selling absolutely hmm. and the next about creating pull it does not mean advertising you need yeah. to get your messaging right now mm. one watch out for a lot of d2c brands is that when you're selling online the shopper journey is very different it it could be a search led platform it could be a browse led platform but people are of the people read the your message there people understand a fair bit of what you're trying to tell them in a general store in a general trade kirana store you might not have that facility to communicate everything you want to communicate to them mm. so you you got to figure a way to amplify your message within the store so that you drive pull for your brand not just mm-hmm. putting it on the shelf mm-hmm. now this message might also need tweaking versus the message you put online so watch for it and figure out how to get your message right mm. now the other the next part is to place your product in a, in the right part of the store hmm look at where your competition is placed because you need to be visible to the shopper you can't wait for the retailer to talk about it because the retailer really has no stake right now other than the space that you're going to occupy in the store 
place yourself at the right part of the store make sure you are seen make sure therefore your message is at least noticed by the shoppers hmm now once you've done this become a salesman in the store hmm okay what does that mean blend into the store you can't stand outside the store and keep observing what shoppers are doing hmm get into the store help out within the store moving other stock packing stuff for the shoppers when you do that and the retailer is usually very happy when he has an extra hand in the store always mm. and it's not a high information sensitive business that he will not let an outsider in as long as mm. you're willing to help he or she will always let you in and you can watch how they're shopping watch what they look for what what is the basket that is being purchased in your category is your competition being purchased is your messaging working is the place where you this is where you know you check for everything you've done so far right you check if the place you put the product is working is the message working right for for them are they able to or if it's not working also there is a very very high chance it will not work so it's not about getting it right the first story walk into but about using the first story walk into to get things right mm. make the connections so when you're observing shoppers is when you notice even if it's behind a counter does it it doesn't have to be a self service store even if it's behind the counter you can still watch what they come and ask for mm. where their eyes go what attracts them do they do they come for the planned list and then do ha- also do an impulse purchase are they picking up your competition so you watch all this and just observe just blend into the store mm. now interesting this is something that we also spoke about when uh watching for uh measuring what you treasure Mm. you just have to watch and observe here the only correct. extension is becoming a part of the store and observing them correct correct i remember in one of the uh shopper trainings that i had mm. there was this uh, 5s model yes which is uh, the journey through which a shopper uh, makes the purchase decision which was i think see scan spot show interest and select i think it's a cadbury correct model. that's, that's right. where you go those are only two uh, those are only two companies that i've worked with so it has to be cadbury so the customer first sees uh, and then scans the category hopefully spots your brand then uh, shows interest in your brand and finally selects it so in fact when you're inside the store and you're closely observing shoppers without without you know seeming intrusive you will also be able to see consumer behavior vis-a-vis the category as well as the brand your brand uh, okay. as well as competitor brands and hence you should be able to create your own hypothesis of whether you are placed in the right uh, category or you are placed in the right uh, zone in your category itself so all of that i think is very very valuable information which otherwise nobody else can provide to you absolutely and i think this 5s shopper uh, journey itself mm. deserves its, its own episode but yeah what you're saying is exactly this so watch what they're doing see how they're reacting to different brands and products and just watch if what you're doing is working and keep tweaking it till it, it is working thank you for listening to cob conversations on the business of brands with sudeep chavla and sharvana raghavan subscribe and learn more at cobcast.net that's c o b b c a s t .net
Now, the next one is that what if it's just not working for you? No matter where you move your product, no matter what message you put there, what do you do then? Hmm. Okay, then how should you solve for it? Right. Like I said, it's ridiculously simple. <laughs> so ask permission from the retailer and talk to the shopper who's buying a competition product. Hmm. Ask them why they're buying it. Is it, it could be because of familiarity. It could be because of anything else. Mm. But the messaging you put up in the store is to break that familiarity. Mm. So what can you do to break that flow? Now, you can actually directly ask them if the message even makes sense to them. Mm. If what they feel about your packaging, is it clear enough for them? Are they getting what they're looking for in your pack or in your communication? Mm. So this is pretty much a concept testing that you're doing. But you're doing it at a slightly uh, later stage because you've already done your D2C business. And now you are building up data and information at the point of sale to check if your pack and your communication and your placement is working at the point of sale. Hmm. And there will be feedback. And people, once they know you are trying to sell something, putting an honest effort, shoppers usually give you very clear feedback. Now. You don't have to take all of it. If if you think something doesn't make sense, it's fine. But you need to know what is right and what is wrong in the feedback you're getting. And be mm. flexible enough, like I said earlier, to change what you've done so far. Don't make it a, a sunk cost fallacy that mm. I've spent so much money on it so far, now I can't change anything. Mm. Consumer is king, shopper is king, or queen. So take a call and make the changes you can. Yeah, the more changes I think you make at this stage, you will uh, possibly be able to, you know, save money uh, as well as problems later in your brand journey. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the sunk cost fallacy actually does not take into account the future cost you are going to incur and the opportunity cost of not making the change. Right. Exactly. That's the whole point, right? No, okay. I'm uh, I'm making it sound super super simple here, but it's it's simple, but it isn't easy. Mm. And one critical aspect of doing this is that you have to do it yourself. Mm. You cannot have salesmen doing it. You can't have sales managers doing it. You can't even have a prospective distributor do this for you. Mm. You and your team have to do this firsthand. That's the only way you will get information because a lot of the information is not documentable. It has to be mm. felt at the point of sale. And mm. you, you have to make notes, but as much as you make notes, it's about what you feel, what's going on. The, the what do you say, the abstract elements that you pick up from what's happening with the shopper is what will give you the most insights. Mm. And Fair. doing it yourself, you will fail. Because this is not something you're trained for. <laughs> so fail mm. again. Fail again. And mm. keep failing again. Until you you have figured out how to get people to pick up stock from a store. Mm. And every time you fail, make notes of why you failed. And keep making mm. those changes. And once you've got it right. Once you know it's getting picked up by shoppers. And it's getting a pull from just in-store merchandising and communication. Then you start repeating this from one store to a few other stores. Mm. Ideally, I usually say you need to cover 
the number of stores in a beat to mm. to, get, to get hands on understanding of how your product is moving in different stores mm. so about 30 to 40 stores is what you have to replicate this in mm. and once you do this at every store you're still giving your product away for free but keep a note of how it's how your product is moving at every store because yeah. you spend time getting it right in one store the other stores will not be too difficult but you've got to monitor them understand how much is getting sold where they're getting sold from and all you're doing is collecting data and once you've done this across 40 odd stores where you're putting in stock repeatedly and it is selling out from those stores now you have data now mm-hmm. you have the confidence that you know your product can sell in general trade now with yeah. this with this confidence if you can walk up to a distributor and say this is what i want you to invest in and this is how much i'm going to sell for you your conversation becomes so much easier easier yeah yeah because the biggest impediment like you mentioned you walk up to a why retailer even a distributor and say i want you to distribute my product the distributor is going to say no why should i distribute your product yeah or they're going to ask for crazy margins which you can never repeal after a point very difficult to reduce distributor margins if you given them given it to them at the start so you mm. got to be careful you can incentivize the distributor don't give them too much margin when you start but to not do that you need to have confidence in your in your product your brand and you need to have data to prove why you are confident of it selling out hmm hmm fair in fact uh, if i could just build on that sharan mm-hmm. uh it makes sense when you said beat i was just thinking about it it just rang some bell in my head that when right. if you're trying out limited distribution you are better off trying it out in a geographically close knit area right uh because the customers move from shop to shop and hence at least the customers in that vicinity should feel that your mm. product is available almost everywhere right it kind of adds to credibility of your brand yeah number 2 if you are able to make this work you know maybe in 15 or 10 12 stores out of 40 that you go to mm. that is good enough number and number 2 because the store is in that geography vicinity they will also become your endorsers in front of the distributor as well absolutely yeah you can ask the distributor to call them up check with them what's the data etc etc the distributor will get significant confidence hmm yeah that i think those also become an important lever to create conviction not just in yourself but also in your trade partners yeah and building sponsors like you said yeah you're building sponsors for your brand Correct. retailers who Correct. who originally might have resisted your brand but Correct. are now okay to take it in yeah hmm. yeah okay yeah fair and uh, second piece that i wanted to say sharan was that since we are talking to people who are already running their brands on uh, on d2c platforms mm-hmm. or uh, uh, you know uh, online retailers they will have many insights as well as hypotheses as well as proven practices mm. of being able to speak to consumers and convert them right therefore at least when they start they just need to find an offline manifestation of it mm. yeah number 2 what they will have to get used to is that online you have quite a bit of data of people 
and hence you have hope in hell to <laughs> customize your message to different kind of people right offline store unfortunately doesn't give you that luxury that is why they're scared of offline correct now that is where you have to have a message which is generic enough hmm and then you have to rely on other communications which will invoke specific need states in different consumers absolutely yeah that's the skill to learn when you are like sharan was saying when you're interacting with retailers when you're interacting with consumers when you're standing in the stores see how other brands do this Hmm. Uh, what's their what would have been their proposition to a mom or a child or a teenager or an adult man versus what they are doing in the store and that will possibly give you a good indication of how to play this game absolutely one uh, disclaimer or a caution or, or even a warning that i forgot to add is that when i work with some of my clients the first message that they want to put in the store is 30% off Hmm. So you you should not do that because you do not know if a product is selling for the price you're selling it at if you keep discounting it even in your trial phase. Hmm. You can you are allowed to say any message you want about your brand other than price off discounts. Do not do mm-hmm. cross promotion. You want to see plain vanilla sales for your brand and how you can drive it. Everything else can come after that. Hmm. Hmm. In fact, if you ask the retailer what what should I be doing, that's the first thing they will advise you to do: <laughs> drop the prices. Yeah. While all of them are well intentioned, yeah. you have to be the brand owner and right. thereby decide what is it that you want to do. Uh, as we had said in the past, price off is a great strategy to possibly trigger sampling. Right. But once the sampling is done, the consumer has picked up your product. then the product will get repeat purchases and repeat usage only because of your proposition or your branding and your delivery on the branding right everything else honestly is immaterial so like sharan said don't fall in the trap of 30% off 40% off be clear if it is being done to trigger trials by all means please go ahead and do it yeah so that's pretty much it right pretty simple <laughs> I think I think it sounds well. It may sound simple. Right. I can tell you, it is going to be hard. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. See, so simple doesn't mean easy. Simple yeah. is that it's got a logic flow, and you know what to do as the next step at every step. That's what simple is. Simple doesn't mean it's easy ever. Yeah. I mean, it building the, a brand is not easy. Come on. Yeah. It is the long chew after all. Yes. So therefore, uh, let me just recount. uh you know various st- steps that you put put through uh, sharan sure we started off by saying that uh, in uh, in the life stage of almost all d2c brands there will come a stage where they would want to unlock uh, general trade distribution offline distribution and too often it f- it sounds very formidable <laughs> yeah. and hence we're putting across a formula which you know sounds ridiculously simple as to how should you start your journey of offline distribution the first point that you made sharan was around starting local which is about going to stores nearby where you think you have a chance of success and then you know 
uh, your mission in those 30 40 stores in a geography vicinity is to see your brand selling from their shelf and create some kind of brand presence there and hence even if it is required give the 100% sales to the retailer and don't ask them for any kind of money against it you treat it as sampling but make sure that the consumer pays for it and thereby you you are able to see what velocity works for you and how do you create sales for your product yeah second piece is that now that you have some kind of a relationship going your product is placed inside uh, offer yourself as an help to the uh, retailer and thereby gain access to the other side of the counter that gives you an excellent preview into the consumer journey or the shopper journey inside the shop and thereby helping you understand what is the decision making matrix how are you placed on it your category your brand vis-a-vis other categories and other brands yeah uh, so that was the second thing that you spoke about uh, the third thing that you spoke about was now this gives you an opportunity to do some kind of a consumer messaging and uh, ideally don't start off with discounts though that might be the easiest idea that a lot of people will throw at you but the core idea is to you know assist the consumer in their purchase journey such that they buy your brand now most of you would be startup founders and would have found some kind of pmf while doing the you know taking the d2c route that route itself is very powerful don't let it go because the powerful routes are based on human insights and human insights remain relevant regardless of whether you're going offline or online now that route has to be manifested into some kind of an output which works in an offline distribution that is something that you have to work towards yeah so and find a way to get your messaging across uh, inside the shop and see whether that aids your sale or not uh, your your opportunity to be inside the store gives you access to one more critical bit it allows you to uh, interact with the consumers when they are making their purchase or maybe after they are they've made their purchase and that is where you can gain significant insights onto your uh, proposition your delivery of your product etc and thereby it will help you uh, find out areas which can be improved and which is where i think sharan this is where you brought in the sunk cost fallacy where you right. will say that okay i have already sold so much this is the kind of proposition i delivered i have thought about basis that i have made all the communication posters etc etc now changing it would mean all of this going to drain and that right. is where you cautioned everybody that don't get into that fallacy because it doesn't take into account your future costs and hence if something has to be corrected and it is going to make a material sale material difference to your sale please go ahead and correct there is no uh, problem uh, further you made a point very specific point sharan is that all of this work uh, which is working to the working with the retailer going and pitching then standing inside the shop and doing all of the jobs that you ask them to do should ideally be done by the founder or their leadership team don't outsource it to the lowest person in the chain uh, otherwise you will only get compliance and you will not get any kind of effectiveness so 
since this entire phase is not about earning profits not about uh, anything else it is about learning and creating a sustainable model to support large sales you would have to get involved yeah and uh, lastly where you were looking for some kind of a comfort from sharan that now that i have given you this strategy uh, you can go ahead and conquer the world vijay bhav sharan very politely put up a disclaimer saying that once you have done it with focal lo- 40 local stores it is possible that it might not work so therefore uh, it's okay to start over yeah Uh, but one important point that he made also was that if you get some kind of a success in this 40 stores you know now you need to crack a larger amount of distribution for which you need distributors and the distributors since you've done some amount of sale there'll be retailers who will be wanting to vouch on your behalf use them uh, to create the you know uh, conviction uh, with the distributor and uh, you know go grow organically but grow slowly but organically yeah uh, that's the broad story i think sharan you put across uh, and like sharan said it sounds ridiculously simple but that does not mean that it is easy <laughs> this will take significant amount of effort time money etc uh, but if done well this can really help you unlock a significant amount of sale and brand equity uh, when it comes to Uh, offline stores absolutely because the whole point of gt being scary is because it just seems like an ocean mm yeah it is just about planning your first steps into that ocean and mm. once you get that right then you'll swim comfortably all over you just have to know not bite off too much and and scare yourself with it and mm. this is how like i said every large brand today has started like this you just need to understand this is how it starts and and work with it that's all you need to do and mm. it's the most logical simplest of channels you can sell to there's no technology to conquer there is no modern trade negotiations to go through this is just people and this is the truth of your business and if you acknowledge that you pretty sorted yeah yeah no you're right it helps you build sustainable advantage and the success formula of sustainable advantage very simply is feet on the street <laughs> hard work and persistence and you'll be surprised that how do big companies even big companies uh, global companies trip over just these three requirements oh absolutely good excellent this was good fun thank you very much sharan thank you sidhi For listening to Call Conversations on the Business of Brands with Sudeep Chavla and Sharvana Raghavan. Subscribe and learn more at Copcast.net. That's C O B B C A S T.net.